Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. John O'Leary is the number one national best-selling author of the book On Fire. He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired Podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends. I am John O'Leary, and I am so happy that you're here joining me in this Live Inspired movement. On every Live Inspired podcast, I have amazing guests join me to share their life story, their successes, their failures, their lessons, their life. You will absolutely hear profound and unforgettable inspiring stories, but more importantly, you will take away real ideas to apply in your own life. My goal is to have guests on that will inspire you to choose, and it is a choice, to wake up from accidental living so that you can do, be, achieve, and impact more through your life. Or perhaps a little bit more simply said, so that you can live inspired. Today's guest will help you stop managing life and start actually living it. Today's guest is a best-selling author. She's a blogger. She's a mother, a leader of the hands-free revolution. And my dear friend, her name is Rachel Macy Stafford. Every conversation I've had with Rachel is one of the most authentic conversations that I've ever had. And today's episode is no different. I know you will see yourself in a new light as you listen to Rachel expand and share and reflect her own light. I know that you're going to enjoy hearing about her story, yeah, even her struggles, her triumphs, her story. You will be inspired by the tools she's developed to live life to the fullest. One of my favorite takeaways from our time together, other than the idea of simply living life and not just managing it, is this. Redefine what success is for you today. Let go of whatever bar you've had set up until this point. Rachel will share what her new success bar is, and I think you'll be inspired to reconsider yours, too. Are you ready? It is my honor to introduce you to my dear friend, best-selling author, leader of the hands-free revolution, Rachel Macy Stafford. Hello, how are you? Rachel, we uh, we are delighted, as you know, to have you on Live Inspired with John O'Leary, and even more than that, what my friends right now tuning in may not know is I consider you a dear friend. I consider you a mentor, and I consider you a voice of truth and hope and optimism and an awful lot of love in a marketplace that is so downtrodden, so negative, so fear-based. So it's a delight to have you on Live Inspired. Thank you for having me, John. Rachel, tell us what your world looks like today. What, what are you working on? Tell me about your family and tell me about some of the things you're most excited about. Well, I'm very excited that um, I have a new book coming out. It's called Only Love Today, Reminders to Breathe More, Stress Less, and Choose Love. And I just wanted to bring a book to my community who really just walks beside me every day of this journey to choose love in all aspects of our life. Um, But my community is there for me. Every morning I wake up and I, I put an intention out into the world about, you know, living a meaningful life and offering love to myself and to other people 
um, in genuine and authentic ways. And they respond just so beautifully to, to me. And for many years, really, they've been asking me to put out something that they could literally reach for mm-hmm. in the morning and have that burst of positive inspiration at their fingertips. And so that is what Only Love Today, this book is um, just what I like to call, instead of a daily inspiration book, I like to call it a moment-by-moment mm-hmm. encouragement book that you can pick up anytime you want to set yourself on a positive path. Rachel, you, you have an awesome following. The new forthcoming book is supposed to be terrific. I, I, I can't wait to check it out myself. I have read your previous two books, but what I know about you and what I know about each of us is that everybody has a story. It's just frequently not the story we're telling the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine you weren't born necessarily for this work. You weren't born immediately into this kind of authority position where you're able to share your heart and share your life in the way that you do so beautifully each day. It's been a growth process, and it's probably been yeah. some ups and a few downs along the way. So let's back way up to mm-hmm. what life was like for you growing up. Well, I was a pretty happy kid who really uh, was pretty spontaneous. I worked hard. I, I had loving parents. Um, I think it was probably around high school or college. There was kind of a turn that I took where I really stopped being, you know, such a joyful, spontaneous person and became really um, overly driven, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and um, perfectionistic, uh, putting a lot of pressure on myself. And that carried through um, as I grew and, and started teaching and had children and I had a couple of really rough years. I didn't know how bad it was until I kind of hit a really low place in my life. And um, I, I believe my husband had just said something, you know, casual, like, you know, why don't you have fun anymore? Why, why don't you just, you know, why do you, why are you always doing so much? Why don't you just relax? And of course, that just set me off because right. I thought, well, how is all this going to get done if I relax? And I, I ended up locking myself in the bathroom and just sobbing because I was so overwhelmed, so tired, so stressed. And I thought, am I ever going to really feel joy in my heart again? Am I ever going to stop managing life and really start living life? And mm, that, like was, that. that was kind of an awakening for me. I didn't want to live my life that way. So I, I always look in interviews and when I'm whether I'm in church or conference or whatever it may be for a couple real nuggets and a couple cool quotables. And for me, stop managing life and start living life is one of them already I've grabbed from this show. Rachel, yeah. you, you talked about in high school, there's there's something that changed. Looking mm-hmm. back on it, was there anything that triggered it? I've I've really thought a lot about it and I don't I, I had always been sort of a people pleaser, but I just, I set this really high bar for myself that I needed to do this in order to be worthy. And it took me a good 
16 years, really, I would say, you know, almost two decades to really start living with more meaningful measures of success because I really, I know that looking in the mirror was a trigger for me because Mm. I would really criticize myself. And sometimes if I didn't feel like I looked good enough, I would avoid going to a social gathering or I would say, well, I can't speak up about this because, you know, I, I don't look good enough to be to be talking about what I what my dreams are. And and so for me, it took, like I said, many, many years. And I was when I, when Natalie was born, she's my my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. I I was living in Florida at the time and I was really having some bad body images because she was born, but she loved to be in the water. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would put on a bathing suit for her yes. because I thought my baby loves the water. And my mom and I were in the water together. And she said, um, it was a Bruno Mars song that came over the loudspeaker. Um, when I look at you, you're beautiful, but you don't see it. it you know, those were the lyrics of the song. And, she, and my mom said, that's what I think of when, when I hear that song, I think of you. And I looked down at Natalie, and she was up looking at me, just beaming. And my mom was beaming at me. And I thought, when am I going to see that I'm a beautiful person? And it doesn't matter what I look like on the outside. When am I going to stop judging myself for, you know, what the size of my pants is or, mm-hmm. or the, 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 the number on the scale? And that was, a, that was another turning point in, you know, in that self-acceptance and, and to stop uh, judging my success based on my achievements. And so, and you I, know, I think that's why do you think it is, Rachel, that so many men and women judge themselves on how they look in the swimsuit or how mm-hmm. they're able to perform? You were at home with the kids and stressed out about that. But mm-hmm. we all seem to be marking ourselves ultimately against the viewpoint of others. What do you think that's about? I, I think that it's what we're fed all the time. It's what we see. You know, you can't go on the Internet or, the, or watch a TV show without seeing these portrayals of this is what success looks like. And if you're not a 10 or, you know, you don't look like this, you have no business doing these things. And so I think... We we get, you know, it happens early. My daughter picked up a 17 magazine. She's 13, and I was looking at the at the pictures in there, and I thought, wow, you know, some of these pictures, m- most of these girls aren't what real girls right. look like. And so I, I think it's very, very important for us to start saying, you know, making it a public declaration, like, I am not going to hold myself up to these standards, you know, what, what is the meaning of success? And for me now, it's when I lay down at night, I say, did I connect with one of my loved ones? Did I learn something new about someone I love? Did I hug someone? And was I the last to let go? That is what is important to me. It's, it's, to me, it's the soulful connections that we make with each other and and bearing our scars. I, one of the, my favorite sayings that I've written in my whole life is, when we see each other's scars, we love each other more. 
because then we can be real with each other. It's like I, for 20 years, I tried to hide my scars. I tried to hide my imperfections. And the day I told my friend, I feel like a failure, she said, me too. <laughs> totally. Always. And, and I'm, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, and, and I loved her more because she was feeling what I was feeling. And, and, you know, we weren't alone in that struggle. So I, I, I'm just, all these revelations have just been coming to me over the last, you know, four or five years. And I think, okay, I was a little, I, I got a little off course there for a while, but now I'm starting to see what really matters. And I'm trying to live my life that way. So you had this experience with your husband, which led to you uh, in the bathroom mm-hmm. crying by yourself, mm-hmm. realizing that you're an utter failure. You had this experience as a young lady with your daughter and mom mm-hmm. and Bruno Mars reminding you that yes. you are beautiful, but you may not always see it. Yes. And now you have this experience of uh, a friend who says, hey, me too. You know, yes. I got some scars exactly. to show you too. Exactly. So, Take us, because I think all of us are in one of those places or another, in the swimsuit, not fully fulfilled, not identifying yet what success even means for us. And if we don't know what it is for us, how can we ever be content Mm -hmm. or fully achieved? Mm -hmm. What have you done, Rachel, that has really been a massive turning point so that you could lean in to Mm -hmm. climbing the ladder of success, but making sure that it was leaning against a wall that you knew was ultimately where you wanted to go? Mm -hmm. Well, I started writing because for me, I can process things much better if I get them out on paper. And so I, I had a lot of encouragement from people who had seen my writing. My sister was a huge advocate. To, she kept saying, you got to start a blog, Rachel. And I thought, well, I don't even know what a blog is. <laughs> and so she's like, I'll send you a book. You know, she was so supportive and encouraging. And So I was writing in private about these things that were going through my head that I thought, you know, I'm very distracted. I I didn't like how I couldn't walk by my phone without checking it. I didn't like how I was beating myself up, you know, about how I looked. I didn't like how I kept saying, I'm too busy to play with you right now. And so I started writing about these things. These are the things I'm having trouble with. I want to change. And... I started doing just very small changes. One of them was a 10-minute period of distraction-free time where I basically, in my mind and physically, I pushed away all my distractions. I put the phone away. I put the computer, you know, shut the computer. I I thought guilt, you know, go away, regret, go away. I'm just going to be right here in this moment. You know, be where you are right now, Rachel, not anywhere else. And the first time I did that, my daughter Avery, when I sat next to her and I was just with her, she picked up my hand and kissed my palm. And I thought, okay, this is a sign. This is a confirmation you know, be hands free. Mm-hmm. Don't don't keep holding on to things that don't matter. And so that was a huge turning point to have these small pockets of time throughout my day where I could just be where I was in that moment. And I'm telling you, every single time I did it, I was reinforced in some way. Something would happen mm-hmm. that with my husband or or even 
my own heart, I, I felt something like, okay, I'm, I'm touching on something I haven't felt in a while. Peace, yes. clarity, you know, those kind of feelings that we, we, we kind of bury because we're so busy doing, 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 and not letting ourselves think. But another huge turning point for me was to create a phrase that I said to myself every time I was about to criticize myself or someone that I love because I, when, when you are judging yourself and you're unhappy with your life, you become critical, and that's exactly what happened to me. So I had um, a phrase that I started using, and it was only love today. And so when I would start to go down that path of you can't go out looking like that, you know, what do you think you're doing? Only love today. I would just repeat it over and over. I would walk away from the mirror or if my child made a mistake or she looked disheveled and she was like, well, I'm ready to go to church, mom, you know, looking like this. And I, I began to swallow those critical words because I thought, I don't want my child to grow up with this inner dialogue of you're not good enough because that's what I was saying to her. And that's what I was saying to myself. So those two things, the distraction free time periods and the only love today healing phrase were very transformative to to my so life. Let's go through them one by one. Let's start with the uh, the hands free idea of living. You know your your name, Rachel, hands free mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love your writing. I love your books. I love the heart that creates both. But for you, what does hands free living mean? And and what can we expect if we choose to step into this as individuals? Mm-hmm. Well, hands free living is really can be taken literally and um, like in a more practical, like practical, practical sense. And then just um, figuratively like hands-free actually having empty hands, you know, so often we are clinging to our phones. It's, you know, a universal problem for everyone. We're clinging to our to-do lists. We're clinging to our schedules. Um, We're clinging to perfection. And then in a more figurative sense, hands-free means letting go of things like control, expectations, um, you know, thinking it has to be a certain way, an outcome. So, so really, it's, a, it's not only your hands, but it's your yes. mind, it's your heart, it's your soul. And for me, I, I have had to really trust more in, in God and, and His plan for my life, because putting myself out there and writing the things that I write and sharing the things that I share, I, I really had to say, I trust you, God, that you're using me as a messenger and that it's okay, even if people come back at me with cruel things, which yes. has happened. Some people say, I, I shouldn't be a mom. They, <laughs> you know, t- take this woman's children away. She yells and, you know, and, and I'm just saying what happens yes. behind the walls of everyone's house. But some people don't take, you know, they get defensive. And, and, and I often know that if they're lashing out at me, they're, they're really unhappy inside. I'm, I've hit a nerve with them. Um, and so I've really had to trust that, that if I'm going to put myself out there, God is going to protect me and 
he's going to make sure I never walk alone. And that's the amazing thing. Uh, when I go to speaking events and I don't think I'm going to know a soul. You got a room full always, of friends. Yes, they're all there. Rachel, we've been waiting to meet you. And Rachel, you've changed my life. And I say, I'm just so thankful to be the messenger. And 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 so then I go back to that. When we see each other's scars, we love each other more. And how beautiful it is to meet each other in the light of realness mm-hmm. where we can love each other more because we all <laughs> share these same struggles and these same fears and these same distractions, but they're hard to talk about. So what my friends may not know who are listening right now is that you and I randomly bumped into each other, and when we connected live, Rachel, mm-hmm. it was like two dear old friends colliding. Because I know you'd read my book, you'd seen some of my blog posts, you'd seen some of the videos we posted. I have read everything you've ever written. I've been following you online for years. And when you see each other's scars, you love each other more. I think it's a beautiful saying. I'm going to ask you a question, though. The first time I ever wrote a newsletter or sent a Facebook post, I felt like I was completely disrobing in front of all 11 of my followers and eight of them had the same name as O'Leary as me. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big gutsy play. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you wrote a blog and you hit send and oh, you had no yes. idea what might happen to it? T- tell oh, me about it. Yes. I remember because my hands were shaking so badly and I thought, okay, this is really scary. And I, I was not worried about what the world thought of these truths that I was sharing, I was worried more about what my neighbors would think or in mm-hmm. the people who knew me. Those were the people that it's really hard to say, this is who I am. I'm not that perfect, you know, put together woman that you see walking to church every Sunday. I I have all these flaws and all these failings. And, and sometimes I yell at my children and sometimes my husband and I have a fight and I break casserole dishes in the kitchen. And, and, and people read that and go, oh my gosh, it's not just me. I'm not alone. And, and, and so I put that out there and I'm not kidding. I had several neighbors and I lived at the time I lived in a neighborhood that appearance and status was extremely important. And so you couldn't talk about these things. You couldn't talk about how you're really failing and you're feeling like a failure. But people messaged me and said, I'm walking this journey with you, Rachel. I am so distracted. I'm I'm focused on all the wrong things. I want to live hands-free. Let's take this journey together. And so, again, I just, I can't reiterate enough that when I put myself out there, God always has someone waiting for me to say, let me take your hand. You are not alone. And and even now, I mean, I've done this for six years, and I still will get nervous mm-hmm. sometimes before I put something out there that seems a little vulnerable. And I will wait for that first person to comment. Yes. And that person comments and I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. And they'll say, I needed this today, Rachel. And I just feel, even if that was the only comment, and and that's one thing I've really had to work on because I'm a perfectionist and I'm always thinking about, well, you know, how successful is this? You know, I'm in the publishing world, so they want to know how many books I'm selling, how many followers I have. So it's easy to get pulled in that direction. But God said to me the very first time I started writing, 
it was only about touching one life. If you touch one life through your story, that is a success. And so I just keep going back to that every week when I put stuff out there. And, you know, it's easy to compare and say, oh, well, gosh, that person's post went viral. They reached one million people. And and it's easy to say, well, you know, so-and-so's making you know, this much money mm-hmm. or, or he's climbing the corporate ladder and I'm still here doing this. Well, are you making the difference in someone's life? Are, you know, are you connecting to what matters? You know, that's, to me, that's success. It's, we, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but we, we have to remember when, when our last day on earth comes, we are not going to be thinking about what our salary was or how many times we were promoted. We're going to be thinking about all these beautiful memories we had, real connections, and and being there for our people, showing up. Because when you are chasing after, you know, things that that are really things and not moments, you you you're going to come up empty. So, Rachel, what's one way? And one of your mantras is this notion of getting off the scale of focusing on what matters, on taking a deep breath, on letting go, on being hands-free, all, all these beautiful reminders. Give us one practical thing that we can do each day to be more hands-free, to get off the scale, to measure things that actually matter and forget about the things that don't. What, what's something that we in the business and craziness of our days can do ourselves? Well, I one thing that has really helped me change my whole mindset is to begin the day not by picking up the phone because automatically when you pick up the phone when you first wake up your agenda then is set by whatever the outside world is telling you Mm -hmm. so if when you wake up i have three things that i one of the three that i do i either start my day with faith um family or self-care. One of those three things is is how I start my day, which is very unlike how I used to start my day. And then that has created a ripple of mindfulness about what is important to me. So I start the day in a calm, connective fashion, which then ripples out to everyone in my family versus when I would pick up the phone and I would get lost in whatever I was looking at or I was trying to, you know, respond to something really quick, well, then we would be late. Yes. Then we would start, you know, the screaming. Yes. Why don't you have your shoes on? And then <laughs> you're... That, by the way, that, that never happens at our house. So this, <laughs> it's getting awkward because yeah, I have exactly. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and then you're you're saying goodbye on bad terms. And so then they're going to school, you're going to work, your spouse is, you know, going to to what they need to do and you're all in a, in a bad place. Mm. So simply by being present, and I know it's not possible for everyone, but if you are able to give yourself that first 10 minutes of, you know, something that's going to fill your cup, faith or family or self-care, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's just to walk outside, look up at the sky, and say, I'm so thankful. And and for me, gratitude, starting my day with gratitude, when I wake up, 
I say, I'm so thankful I'm alive and I made it to this day and I am going to try to start this day with love. I'm going to greet my family with love. And and sometimes it helps for me to come down to the kitchen and look at their shoes lined up by the door. And I think my special people are going to wear, put, on, put on those shoes and they're going to walk out the door. And I want them to feel love before they walk out that door. And I want them to carry that love with them. And so when I set my morning in a, in a, a fashion of gratitude and love, it just impacts the whole day. And it has impact, impacted my whole relationship with my husband, my kids. I do not, I do not yell anymore, which some people are like, oh, well, how, how did you stop right, yelling? Right. And I, I just don't get worked up over the silly little things that I got worked up before. And I think it's because partly I'm not cluttering my morning up with all this extraneous information and things coming at me, which then causes me to to blow up. I'm really protecting. That's my favorite word for what I'm doing is I'm protecting what is important, my family, my health, my sanity from the outside world, sabotaging it. And, And if you can protect any time of your day, protect those vital morning minutes when you're about to, everyone's about to disperse and you just want to have that, I love you, give, give them yep. that hug. Don't, you know, I used to be too rushed. Sometimes I would, we'd rush out the door without a hug. <laughs> and, and Avery made a sign, my youngest daughter made a sign that says XOXO before you go. <laughs> and so we remember we've got to have those hugs. And even Natalie who thought, oh, well, that sign's so silly. But I said, well, come here. I, I need my XOXO. And, and well, she didn't fight it. She, she cuddled in and she took this big inhale of her mother's scent. And I thought, she's been missing it too. We all need that, that 30 seconds of, oh, I love you. And I don't know what's going to happen when you walk out that door, but we can love each other in these minutes before we depart. Mm. Rachel, we we have a part of our show called the Live Inspired Seven, and I think it's going to lead the, what you've been sharing. I think leads directly into what these seven questions are about. So okay. let's let's dance through these quickly, and then uh, and then let the our friends go back to the lives at hand. Let them live hand free again. So here we go, mm-hmm. Rachel. What's the best book that you've ever read? Um, hands down, Life is a Verb by Patty Dye. I would not be a writer today if I had not read Life is a Verb. She inspired me to take that leap of faith and start writing and putting myself out there. Life is a Verb. Yes. Tomorrow, you discover that your wealthy uncle has shockingly died, unfortunately, at 103 leaving you with millions, what would you do that you're not doing today? Uh, My daughters and I have been sponsoring kids through Compassion International Mm -hmm. for many, many years. And I would love to not only sponsor hundreds (laughs) if I could, but actually go over and do, do some work with um, those children and just love on them. Like I just, 
so many of those children are so broken and they need someone to say, I love you, I care about you, and we write to Lightness and Priscilla. Those are our two young ladies that we write to, and they treasure those words because they don't hear them. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I would do, Compassion International. Awesome. And and that is a phenomenal organization if you've never bumped into it. Uh, If your house caught fire and all the living things and all the living people were already out, you had a chance to run in and grab one thing that you felt was really important. What's the one thing you'd run in and grab? Mm. Oh, my goodness. Um. (laughs) This is hard. My friend gave me a framed watercolor sign that that her daughter's friend made for me because she told me that I was a soul changer hmm. and I'd never had such a beautiful compliment given to me but she said you change you changed my soul you change people's soul because of just how much you give and, and, and the connection and the friendship and what you offer of yourself. And she called me a soul changer. And I was like, oh, I would love to have that on a, on a, um, a nameplate on my desk. And, and then it came in the mail, this beautiful sign that said soul changer, handmade, and I would run in and grab that. Mm. Awesome. Awesome share. If you found yourself sitting on a bench overlooking a beach, gorgeous day, and you can have a long, drawn-out conversation with anyone, alive or dead already. Who would you choose? Um, I think um, I would choose my grandma. I really miss her. And um, she and I spent so much time just mm. playing cards and um watching a family feud and mm-hmm. all the gang shows that she loved and she would play Barbies with me and I would rub lotion on her hands and we just had a really special connection and she would write letters to me in college and I would I could tell how she was feeling by the way that her handwriting looked mm. and I knew I started getting worried when it was so shaky but she would still just keep writing and I just miss her and I would just love to sit and spend some time with her today. What's your grandma's name, Rachel? Her name's Madonna. Madonna. Awesome. I'm glad you shared Madonna's handwriting, her love, and some of the experiences you shared with her. Yes. Whether it was from Madonna or anyone else in your life, what's the best advice that you've ever received? (sighs) Probably um, not to... to not focus on numbers, um, like I was saying earlier about what what measures of success, just to fo- to focus on lives touched. Stop focusing on the numbers. Start focusing on lives touched. Starting with the one in the mirror. I think that's awesome advice. Yes. What would you tell your twenty year old self receiving those letters from Grandma? So, what what advice would the new and improved Rachel look back Ugh. and say? Gosh. Young lady, you need to hear this. I would definitely tell myself to 
to to not believe that, you know, for so many years, I believed that all this pressure was coming at me from all these different directions and that people were wanting so much from me and, and I would blame the pressure on everybody else. But mm. I would say to myself, you know what? That pressure is coming from right. you. You're putting this pressure on yourself and it is not necessary. You can surrender it is okay. You don't have to control every outcome. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just release yourself from this pressure-filled life and just love and live. I mean, I should drop the mic on that one, but unfortunately I have one more question, part of the Live Inspired 7. Otherwise, we'll have to rebrand as the Live Inspired 6, and that, that yeah. just sounds hard. But what a great answer. So thank you for that. And then finally, Rachel, it's been said that all great people can have their lives summed up in one sentence. How would you want your one sentence to read? She was love. She sounded like love. She looked like love. She spread love. And all that love that she gave and received made all the difference in the world. Mm. Well, that is one that I think we can drop the mic with. (laughs) Rachel Macy Stafford, Hands Free Mama, where is a site that we can can dance over to and learn even more about you and your work? You can come to handsfreemama.com, and that's H-A-N-D-S-M-A-M-A, handsfree, I forgot the free, (laughs) H-A-N-D-S. F-R-E-E-M-A-M-A, handsfreemama.com. And I'm also um, found on Facebook at the Hands Free Revolution. Mm -hmm. And my community is amazing. If if you feel alone and you are having a rough time, come on over to the Hands Free Revolution. And somebody there is going to say, me too, and you are not going to be alone for long. Rachel Macy Stafford, Hands Free Mama, you have reminded us that when we see each other's scars, we love each other more. And I I think even more than that, Rachel, you've taught your family, your friends, hundreds and hundreds of thousands around the world what real success looks like. You are a soul changer. I'm glad you joined us this time. Thank you so much. It was a very meaningful conversation, which... I knew it would be because that's just who you are, and I appreciate it so much. (laughs) Well, Rachel, I love you. I love your work and my friends for this time. And until next time, this is Live Inspired with John O'Leary, and this is your day. Live Inspired. Well, thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Live Inspired podcast. Is Rachel amazing or what? I love her energy. I love her authenticity. I love her story. I'm sure you feel like you just have made a new best friend Make sure that you stay connected with Rachel on Facebook. Look up the hands-free revolution to find her. Also, check out the show notes for links to Rachel's books. My friends, today I'm going to leave you with a simple challenge. Stop managing life and start living life a little bit more deeply. Set your new definition of what success really means. Try to set this up in time for the new year so that you can measure your days against it. It's such great advice to truly live inspired. Now, my friends, if you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you, please take a few seconds to subscribe 
rate this show, review it on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to the episode on. This helps so much in getting the word out about the show. Although we're still just launching, we're still in season one, we're climbing the charts, we're touching lives, we're beginning the movement. The more we can share and elevate and expand this message, the more lives we can touch and you can help. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, rate the show, share the news. My friends, let's create a movement of individuals living inspired. Today is our day. Live inspired. Find out more about Living Inspired with me at JohnO'LearyInspires.com. Again, that's JohnO'LearyInspires.com. So for this time and until next time, this is John O'Leary, and this is your day. Live Inspired.